Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Being a ghostwriter can be a lot of fun. It's a rewarding profession. And today, you're going to learn from one of the best ghostwriters of all time on what it takes to become a successful ghostwriter. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Janelle, and welcome to our podcast. I'm a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter. And no matter where you are in the writing process, I can help you write your book. Today, our guest is Michael Levin, one of the most acclaimed ghostwriters in the industry today. He's written literally hundreds of books uh, with celebrities and brand name people, some of whom he can name, some of whom he can't name. And we're going to learn all the ins and outs of the ghostwriting business from Michael today. So, well, let's get started. Welcome, Michael. Dan, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the uh, the warm buildup. I appreciate that. You know, you've worked with a lot of famous people. How do you gain their trust? And what do you do about confidentiality? You know, confidentiality is easy. I keep it. If it says confidential, that's the end of it. A lot of the stories I work with are fine with the fact that uh, that I can that I that that uh, you know my name is on the book in a lot of cases. So there's nothing there's you know there's no and then in other cases not I don't talk about them. Uh, I don't talk about them by name. Um, I'd love to. One of my books. One of my New York Times. I've got I've got two New York Times bestselling books. One of them my name is on it. The other it's not. I'd love to tell the world because it's a real big shot. You know whose book that is, but can't. So don't. Uh, so confidentiality is very simple. Keep it or your reputation. This is the internet era. It, it, you know, one false step and somebody will post about it and then you're toast. So, you know, so don't do that. Uh, what was the other question? How do I deal with, so how do I deal in the trust of the celebrities I work with? Exactly. Yes. I'll tell you a story. Um, you can't be afraid of them and you cannot suck up to them. Like, oh, you're so great. You know, because uh, everybody does that. I'll tell you something really weird. The celebrities I've worked with, this is really interesting. This To me, this is really interesting. Um, this is even before the gray hair and the four kids. They started to see me as a, I realized they see me as the fa- as a father figure. Hmm. Where's that coming from? And then hmm. I realized that a lot of the people I work with, and it's business people as well as athletes, the reason, the reason they're so incredibly successful is that they never had a father who said, good job. And as a result, they never realize, they just don't understand, you know, how much they have to do before they can sort of like just catch their breath. So this is why my billion, my, most of my billionaire clients are billionaires, because they never had a father to say, good job, son, after they made 10 million. You know, they couldn't, or, or after they reached a certain level of success in sports. And I don't tell them, you know, you're great. They know that. This is going to sound, say, you know, I'm really proud of what you've accomplished. And you can just see the shoulders go down. It's like, wow, that's all I ever wanted. Because right now they're so successful, they don't know whom to trust because everybody wants a piece of them. Everybody wants to do a deal with them or sleep with them or, you know, whatever. And, and, and I'm coming along and just, I'm the dad. You know, I'm proud of you, son. And 
that may sound insane, but that's how they see me. They see me as an authority figure because I, I know about books and books are something that, you know, are sort of mystical in, in, in our increasingly post-literate society. And, and then, you know, just my demeanor, I guess uh, I just have a dad vibe and, uh, you know, uh, it works. So, so, uh, but also you cannot be afraid of them and, and his ever, you, you, you have to be able to, like Dave Winfield, uh, my, uh, my, uh, literary agent at the time set me up with, uh, he said, do you want to meet Dave Winfield? He wants a book. I'm like, of course I want, I love Dave Winfield. I, I used to see him play all the time. Great athlete, only athlete to, he's baseball hall of famer. He's only athlete in history to be drafted by the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball, the only one ever. So uh, he sets us up, and we we meet for lunch, and we have lunch, and we kind of hit it off because I've seen him play, and I know baseball, so we have a lot to talk about. We have a really fun, fun lunch. I mean, he's such a personal guy. So he gives, this is, I'll, I'll keep it short. So he gives me about 100 pages to read. He says, here, take this and read it. And And Dave is known as a thinker among athletes. So I take these pages back to my office and I read them and I think about it. And I think this is just not a good book. This is not going to work. So I called him two days later. I said, Dave, you know, I read everything you sent me and I, and I just don't think it's going to work this way because blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, you could do a book and the title would be this and the subtitle would be that and the chapter titles would be this and this would be the purpose and this is the whole thing. And there's a long pause, long pause, long enough for me to contemplate how great my career might have been. And I worked with Dave Winfield. <laughs> and at the end of the long pause, Dave says, that's good. I like that. <laughs> and we were off and running, and that was my first national bestseller. And and Dave and I have stayed friends. And then, you know, um, after 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 the uh, the the situation with uh, with George Floyd, we, we started to talk about race, which we talked about a little bit in the book. But we ended up having conversations go for literally hours. And I'd be walking around the house on my phone and, and, and talking about and, and my wife would be like, Oh, you're talking to Dave again. So, you know, you just you just you, you, you know, you become you become their friends. But the thing is that you ha- you cannot be afraid of them and you cannot sort of like want stuff from them. And and if you come across as almost a pa- a parent figure telling them how proud you are as opposed to how great they are. Um and if it's sincere, uh Things things can be great. So that's my speech. That was a long answer on, on celebrities. Love it. That's great. How do you separate your voice from their voice? How do you capture their voice? What tips do you have for us to capture and write in their voice? Well, it's like acting. You know, you're not writing in their voice. You're being them. And while you're being them, you're saying things the way they do. So you have to pay attention to, and I learned this the hard way, you know, stuff getting rejected by clients, but do they speak in long sentences? Do they speak in short sentences? What kind of uh, adjectives do they use? Are they short and choppy in their, you know, are they very emphatic or are they more uh, legato, if you will, in a musical sense, you know? You, and, and, and so you just, you know, you get into their rhythms. So, so I, 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 I the advice is um, don't write the book, be Instead, be the client and speak as if you were the client, as if you were on stage playing the part of the client in a show. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I've never heard it that way, but uh, I'm I'm imagining that and, and thinking that yeah, that's the way to do it because I've looked at their sentence structure and the words they use and their vocabulary, and and that's good. But actually, to get into the ethos of who they are by going on stage and being them, yeah, yeah, that that's really cool. Yeah, uh, I got one funny story though. I had one client, and uh, he'd actually written a manual. And I took some material for the manual and put it into the book because it was really technical about lighting and microphones, whatever. There, there was nothing I could do to improve it. So I just copied it over. He looked it over and said, I hate this. Like, you wrote this. <laughs> it's hysterical. It, it happens all the time. Um, what advice would you give to aspiring ghostwriters looking to enter the field? You know, uh, find a friend who, you know, find a friend who has a business and, and just approach them and say, hey, look, I'll do a book for you and, you know, pay me a small amount. I mean, I'll be charging forty five, seventy five thousand one day, but you know, I'm a good writer. I'll do it for you for, for $15,000. I mean, make it something, you know, decent. And then if it's a success, you'll pay me another 10 down the road. If it makes you $50,000, you you know, it'll make you more than that. But, you know, so and then, and then just give me a performance bonus down the road. And as long as I can put you and the book on my website and, 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 and use that in my marketing and get a blurb from you. And people are like, that sounds pretty good. And, you know, and I, I want to make a suggestion that I learned for, in, in Sandler sales training, I'm a big advocate of sales training, because you are in business. You may think you're an art, artiste and all that other stuff, and that's true. But if you don't sell, you don't eat. And, um, <laughs> and, and so you have to learn how to sell. And I had to learn how to sell. So I went to Sandler sales training for two years. It was fantastic. And one of the things they said is that we tend to sell the way we buy, meaning that if something's really expensive, I go, well, I'm never going to buy that. That's crazy. Why would I, you know, a John Lobb makes shoes that are $1,600 a pair. I would never buy a pair of John Lobb shoes. But the thing is that if I'm going to sell John Lobb shoes, if I'm going to go work in a job lo John Lobb store, I can't sell those shoes the way I would buy them, which is to say not at all. Instead, I have to realize that for my clients, only the best will do. These are the best shoes in the world. And uh, they're, they're, they're very excited to be able to afford such a well-made shoe, and, and it's made from this supple leather. And, and I have to love the shoe. And I have to, so, so it's the same thing with ghostwriting. You have to sell in a different manner from the way you would buy. You personally might not buy something crazy expensive. But the thing is that your clients do because they're rich. <laughs> and, if they, and if they aren't rich, you got the wrong clientele. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a business meeting this afternoon, and I'm going to put some of that into practice. So thank you. Hey, are there any emerging trends or changes in the ghostwriting industry that you've observed? Well, obviously, people talk a lot about AI, and I've never, uh, I've never used it. I never would use it. Uh, I've been asked in seminars, you know, what do you think about AI? And my answer is that if I ever want to write a mediocre book, I'll call on AI. <laughs> and in the, in the meantime, it says on my website, it's 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 you and I, not AI. <laughs> ah, so I'd be very very cautious about trying to save time by allowing ChatGPT to do your work for you because the client can hire can the client can just go into ChatGPT what we can do that the the, the 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 those things cannot do at least not yet is that is that we can listen for what the client 
is not really saying but wants to say. Or uh, and, and we can draw that. We go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What did you just say? I've never heard anybody in your industry talking about that. ChatGPT can't do that. Uh, and and then also, um, uh, let's say like right, right now I'm doing. I, I'm, I did an interview this morning with a. It's a, it's a group of five people who are being interviewed for the book, and uh, uh, this was the second of three hours on a topic on the topic of leadership. And one of them start off by saying, well, you know, it's politically incorrect to say this about leadership, but blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, I've never heard that before. And so he expanded on the idea. And I said to the team, what if we made this the focus of the chapter? Because, you know, there are a million books on leadership. What about, you know, using that idea as the linchpin of the chapter? Because it's so outrageous and no one else is saying it and it needs to be said. They're like, yeah, let's do that. So, you know, AI cannot do that. So so what I would say is be very, very cautious about the, I mean, I hear that it's an even better search engine than Google. And at some point I'll, get, you know, I'll try it out. Um, but I'd be, I'd be very, very cautious about using technology uh, to, to um, you know, to do my work for me. Love that answer. I'm a former journalist and reporter and PR guy. So when someone says something out of the norm that, so wait a second, alarm bells go off in my head just like they do in yours. Wait a second, that's that's what we should do. And they usually say, what do I say? What do I say? And I said, it's a good thing we have a transcript and we're recording this because otherwise you, you'd miss the exact wording and phrasing. So I find that uh, recording things are a great way to focus on the content and not have to write every word down. Um, Michael, as we wrap up here... Um, what what skills or qualities are crucial for success as a ghostwriter? Empathy. You have to really love your client. Mm. You have to you you know. Most people in my world who need books are business people, or their memoirs paid for by business people, and we are teaching our young people in colleges and universities today to despise business and business people, which is kind of wacky because. Everybody I know who has that sort of mentality loves their iPhone, loves their MacBook, loves their Lululemon, loves their... Those things did not create themselves. Those are products of business. Now, I'm not saying that business is perfect or that the business world never does bad things. Of course it does. It's like anything else. But the thing is that uh, if you're going to be successful as a ghost, you cannot carry a subconscious bias against business and against business people into your work and expect to do a good job for your business clients. And then the other thing you have to do is remember that it's their book. It's not your book. It's their book. This is not a place for your opinions. I, I did a book for a, uh, a religious leader, and I sent it to the copy editor, and I didn't notice until much, much later that the copy editor had interjected one of her opinions, which was totally contrary to the author's perspective into the manuscript. And I don't normally write scathing letters to people, but, I, but she got a scathing letter. How dare you? How dare you interject your opinion into my client's book? You've no business doing that. I will never use you again. And, you know, grow up. So, so, so have some respect for the fact that they believe what they believe. And if you don't subscribe to what they believe, don't do their book. You know, you cannot cash someone's check if you disrespect them. You know, our former president 
uh, uh, had a series of books ghostwritten for him. And one of his ghostwriters came out uh, during his term and said, uh, I regret working for him. I despise the man. He's a horrible person. I'm not going to mention his name, but you, you all know who I'm talking about. And I was really shocked because if you're going to cash someone's check, have some respect. And if you don't like who he's become, keep your mouth shut. It's, none of your, it's, you know, it's nobody's business. It, 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 it have some, you know, protect your own dignity. I thought that person looked like a fool. I'll say something else too, and I know this is a long answer. That is that sometimes ghostwriters don't do their clients a favor by putting things into the book that the ghost should have said, you know, you really shouldn't mention that. That's really normal. You look good. Five years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to be really sorry that that's in the book. And it might be a personal matter. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll give you a great example. Prince Harry talks about shoving his brother in uh, the manuscript. Now, the guy who wrote that book wrote Andre Agassi's book, Open, which for my money is it's like the best ghostwritten book ever. And I read that book and I thought, wow, this totally, this, this, this just lifts all the standards. You have to, now you have to do books as good as Open. And if you haven't read that, you should read it. And so I, I, I read the Prince Harry book and, and I read that and I thought, man, you know, they're going to sell a lot of books with this and it's going to get a lot of coverage and one prince shoving the other prince. But the thing is that these guys have to spend Christmas together, not just now, but, you know, for decades because they're young guys. And did it happen? Did it not happen? He broke his necklace. I mean, you know, it's like this is some, it's so juvenile that yes, it's selling books in the short term, but, you know, is it really necessary? Or you look at uh, who's the singer who just came out with a memoir? Uh, and she talks about uh, uh, she had an abortion after she had a relationship with uh, some with some singer, and and you sit there and you say, you know, her kid is going to read that book in fifteen years. Is that really necessary? So you know, so don't don't let your client push the book over the cliff, and try not to let your client say stuff. I could tell you some really outrageous stories along these lines, but try not to let your client say or just point out to your client. You know, this may have happened, it's factual, but five, 10 years from now, you and uh, probably your spouse and your kids are going to be really sorry you put this in print. And yes, you have an obligation to say that. Do you have to die on the sword for that? Not necessarily. It's his or her book, but you do have responsibility to your client not to let them uh, take the book in a, in a, in a, in a, in a direction that's going to be detrimental to their own reputation or self-image or those of their loved ones down the road. Great point. And that's certainly something that AI cannot do. So, so Michael, you've been an absolute delightful guest. Loved having you on the show. Tell us, who is your ideal client and how can they get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, my website is Michael Levin Writes, Michael, L-E-V-I-N-W-R-I-T-E-S is my website. My cell number is 617-543-3747. 617-543-3747. Five four three three seven four seven. Operators are not standing by <laughs> my phone, and whoops, and I pick it up and I'll answer it and uh, and we'll talk. And uh, my my ideal client is obviously somebody with a a a, a positive a positive person with a positive message. And uh, those are the folks I, I I work with. Those are the folks I love and respect. And those are the folks whose privilege it is for me to carry their message and uh, and and and. Uh, amplify their message uh, to uh, society. Great. Thank you for being with us, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We have more than 200 other episodes on our YouTube channel of Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle. Check them out. Thanks for being here.
Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.